Hello, everyone! And welcome to YP Talk's first ever official episode. Get comfy and get ready! My name is Gracie, and I'm joined today by our resident entrepreneur, Zia. Hi, everyone. Nice to meet you. My name is Zia. To talk about basic entrepreneurship. But before I begin, what is an entrepreneur? Okay, so entrepreneurship refers to an individual that has an idea and intends to execute on that idea, usually to disrupt the current market with a new product or service. Do you know that, Gracie? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. Like, before... Youthpreneurship, all I knew about an entrepreneur was from that Cartoon Network song, you know, on Entra, Entrepreneur. I think it was for Prudential. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, in today's day and age, a lot of the entrepreneurship that does go on is distributed through social media, which is honestly no surprise. Okay, so Gracie, do you ever wonder why is social media such an important contribution to entrepreneurship? Yeah. So, first of all, I would like to kind of go with the basics. So, I think it's because it allows you to reach, to nurture, and engage with your target audience, no matter where their location is. So, it's endless, you know? Right. Yeah, like that's a very global reach. Yes. And when a business can use social media to connect with its audience, it can literally help to generate a, brain, a brand's awareness, leads, sales, and revenue. How? I don't How, know, right? I only ever use it for like a per- personal things, you know, like I post the occasional selfie, but never for business. So the first thing for you to be aware of, if you want to grow a business through social media, you need to know your audience. Wow. Not a big surprise, isn't it? Like, you, you, <laughs> Not really. <laughs> if you don't know your audience, how will you ever connect with them? So, you know, most brands have an understanding of their audience's demographics, age, gender, ethnicity. But you, in order to connect with them more, you have to go beyond these statistics to get a better understanding of their interests, Ooh. needs, mindsets, and behavior to truly make like a connection and become an important part of their lives. Well, I didn't know I could be so deep like this. Do you know this? Like, I didn't know it was so deep like this. I didn't know either. I know that demography has been around for like a really long time. But recently, I heard of something called psychography, which is more about the app personality wise you know like for example oh these people love indie music so i'm going to market more colorful bright hyper pop things is it something like that is that what you mean yeah, yeah i know like making groups of people with like their own interest oh. so it's more everything. specific than just that oh they live here that's their gender it's like really in yeah. whoa but, but like connecting with them personally mm-hmm. i think i wonder how they get that information true right like you know the digital life is so crazy Probably through cookies. You know how sometimes you visit websites and they're like, uh, we agree to, you agree to let us give you cookies if you press accept. And basically that kind of monitors the things you like. Yeah, I think it's both like revolutionary and scary. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> I like that. Revolutionary and scary. But yeah, thank you. Okay, so on to our next point. Hmm. Uh, it is to provide value. So, you know, your content must provide some type of value to your audience that will make them go, whoa, I didn't know this. Whoa, get this. So that value could be education, increased productivity, entertainment, or cost savings. So to the consumer, it shouldn't seem like marketing, even though we know it is by nature. Like, you know, 
we know it in marketing. It's like natural common knowledge, but also not common knowledge. So, you know, value and character kind of uh, provides like a long-term awareness and brand recall for our audience. And it's making sure that the brand is right there with the consumer at each step along with their path to purchase so that when it comes make a decision, you're the first brand that comes to mind. So this is why you it is important for you to be vibrant. So in order for you to be vibrant, you got to have some kind of character or some kind of trademark of your brand or your business in order for you to be some, you know, remembered by your customers or audience. You know, when you said every step of the way, I thought about, you know, it's like very the business is your friend, you know, like, hey, this one looks good. Are you sure you want that? Yeah, treat your customers with like politeness and like treat them with warmth. Like that's so important, guys. But we'll get to that later. Points is expand your conversations with your customer. So, you know, brands have the tendency to be egocentric. They talk only about themselves, their product, services, features, benefits, stuff, culture, whatever it is. We don't want that. So, you know, in, in a sense, your, our customers wouldn't want to hear about this. No, we don't. So, you know, in like a frontal way, we want to say that make it all about your customer and not about you. Well, you know, in a sense of like promoting and marketing, you can talk about you. But like when you're actually with them, you have to make it all about them. Oh, wait, can, like, can you give us an example? For example, okay. I think business is also about like flexibility, uh-huh. like of, of course, like work system and everything like that. But I think flexibility kind of brings comfort and like trust upon your customer because that's what I experienced personally. Like when you're able to go to a certain extent to please your customer as long as it's in the right kind of circumstance and standards, for some aspect, it would kind of like give trust and like they would feel like you're reliable. Oh. I think people don't really talk about this, but like personal like trust and like, you know, giving warmth and, you know, show your customer that you're able and you're willing to do so is really important. It's like a human nature, you know? Yes. Yeah, really important to build up that image and reputation then. Yes. Uh, and then onto our last point. So before creating a single piece of a content or posting, you know, a caption or a Facebook message, whatever it is you're going to publish determine the objective of your content and what metrics you will use to measure your performance so start by identifying the important metrics within the five buckets hear me out awareness consumption engagement actions those are like the important elements for for you to think when you would want to publish or like execute anything on your social media so while those specific metrics in each bucket will vary based on your strategy objectives and resources it is also important for you to take a look on like the quality of your content is it blurry are the text being displayed clear is it effective it's quality control then i mean i know some yes. have by external people looking at it because they they tend to get biased if they're the ones making sure of the controls i think they're called focus groups right oh would you like to share that Oh my god, uh, I learned this a while back from school, but I know that a lot of businesses tend to have trouble if they're the ones gauging whether or not, oh, this is good, that's bad. So they invite a group of other people, like, you know, consumers who typically buy their products. And they're like, what do you think of this product? Just so that they get a better opinion of what it's like. I don't know what that's like on social media, though. So you introduced a really good point there. These people actually get paid to do focus groupings. So if you guys are looking for a quick way to make money, just Google <laughs> your area that <laughs> hiring focus group. Wow. Okay. I think we'll move on to our next point, which is negotiation. 
from what I know, you know, in the traditional market or place, I think it's like kind of when you want a price lower, lower, cause like it'll benefit you. Like you don't find the market, your parents are like, ah, oh, I'm buying. Six. Oh my god, that's such a parent thing to do. I'm like, no, mom, don't do that. Yeah, well, that's right. Actually, when people think of the word negotiation, they think about bargaining with their parents for more pocket money or with their teachers for extra scores. But honestly, negotiation in business goes a lot further than that. And I think that negotiation is by far the most important skill that an entrepreneur can have. That's scary, isn't it? Because there's so many other good skills out there. We have leadership, consistency, communication. A lot of people typically think that, oh, those are definitely the most important things to have. But I think that it's negotiation, really. And it's because what are the essential ingredients to getting ahead in the workplace? Hard work, communication, as you've said, and a generous dose of luck are, of course, all super important. Negotiation, people think bargaining is the ability to recognize and capitalize, meaning you make money off of your opportunities to negotiate for your future career success. It's really scary because your role in any organization is almost constantly up for negotiation. And so the importance of this cannot be overestimated. For example, in youthpreneurship, the two of us are podcast hosts, right? If let's say they happen to find someone else who is super good for the role, and they threaten to kind of replace us with that person. Yes. We're going to have to negotiate with our seniors about why we think we're the better fit. It's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, showing like, oh, I have this quality. Yeah. You know, harshly, it's like yeah. saying things or like doing things or forcing things for it to fit like your wants and like your needs, I think. Yeah, that's true. But if we were to get paid, we'd have to negotiate for a higher salary if we were you know, if we wanted a higher salary. Now, of course, this is a very basic example. We all know the importance of negotiation when it comes to starting salary and benefits. But the best negotiators in the industry actually recognize that these concerns are actually a really small, very narrow component of a much bigger picture. Because to actually negotiate well, I think it goes much more than just, hey, I want a higher raise. It's about settling and closing really huge firms with large investors it's about making sure that your stakeholders continue investing in your business i'm giving examples of really large businesses but since you have your own business can you tell us a little bit about what it's like for you like have you personally ever needed negotiation or seen it in your example i mean i kind of do a lot of negotiation with my suppliers it's a fashion industry right which means i'm gonna have to you know deal and take a look at a lot of like fabrics and everything like that and i would have to look for suppliers that are trusted my company secret quote unquote i guess but yeah i would definitely say yes like i've done that with like my suppliers any other negotiation i kind of do that with like my fabric supplier my textile supplier i think that you can also correlate this to like wanting a higher raise and like talking about why we deserve it and everything giving like reassurance that no you, you can trust us like you can trust me give me the deal just you know I don't know, sign the paper, whatever, and I'll do this, this, this to you. Uh-huh. So I guess it is a pretty tiring job to negotiate, especially to kind of move somebody's like yeah. heart and, and like to twist it for them to actually want to, you know, make a deal with you or whatever it is. So yeah, I think that's like a huge job, you know, mm-hmm. in entrepreneurship. Now, one key takeaway of what you just said is that you have to be assertive. You need to kind of show them, hey, I'm the better candidate. Hey, I'm going to keep buying from you as a supplier. And that's called confidence. 
the most important aspect of negotiation in business is that it creates success. And some of the most important negotiation skills and why they're so critical lies in the fact that the most competent negotiators know how to be confident. They know that mm. in order to kind of make it big, they need to be confident. So if you are starting a entrepreneur, don't be intimidated because bullies know how to get their way. The business world honestly has a lot of bullies because it's man eat man. You know how there's a lot of, oh my God, wake up before everyone else does work while they sleep yeah i think you know being an entrepreneur is like always a competition with other businesses that are in the same field as you but you know in to them as like you know looking for inspirations like wow she did that for you to like set a higher goal it's like a standard for you i think but it's not Ooh. also for you to compare your business because guys you will lose value yep linking back to what i said you gotta have value in your business so don't look left and right and be like i want that no you gotta have your own value and character girl you are special you got no. to believe in it because if you don't believe in you, who will believe in you? Now, no one will acknowledge your power until you do. So you better do that. Absolutely. All of us have insecurities. For example, I don't like the way my nose looks. I don't like the way this looks at me. But in business, insecurity can mean lost profits, promotions, and opportunities. If you allow yourself yes. to be intimidated during negotiation, if you allow the other person to appear more confident, then understand it's typically not because they deserve something more than you do. They're just convinced that they do. It's like fake it till you make it. So by bringing this conviction to the table, you can easily win a negotiation. Yes. Yeah. But it's I agree. No, that like some battles are just not worth fighting for. When business decisions do hang in the balance, it's really important to be willing to and know when to walk away. Another business misconception we'll talk about later. It's okay to back off. It's okay to know when to walk away because if someone is transparently trying to get their way without any concession to you, then it's best to just exit that negotiation because again, mm -hmm. negotiation is about finding common ground between the two of you. And if someone is clearly being selfish, it's just not worth it. Just bye. You're gonna find you know people that are on the same page as you because in that way you can negotiate easier. Yeah, yeah. In most negotiations, the goal is to be fair. If both parties can understand this and be sympathetic to the other's needs, then both stand to benefit much more. It's better to meet in the middle ground than not gain anything at all. So most businesses, hopefully, now that we're becoming more civil with one another, they are a lot more humane in their negotiations. In any negotiation, see, each side has something to offer and some things that they can you know, concede or give up. So if you are negotiating with an employer or with another business, then it's important mm -hmm. to be fair, open, and honest. And you can gain the most from these negotiations. Yes, because that really radiates your best quality, you know, through honesty and trying to make the points meet. Yeah. I don't think negotiation is, it, sh it shouldn't be about selfishness, right? I think it has to be like a mutual thing, you know? And really, it's not what you say. It's how you say it. For example... Zia, I want to work with you because I think that your clothes with my necklaces would look well together. That's, for example, the way I say it to you. Mm -hmm. You think that, I mean, that's basically the main idea of why I want to partner up with you. Do you think if I said, I want to work with you because your clothes are cheap and my necklaces are expensive, when people oh buy God. them, they can be compliment goods. Do you think you'd be willing to work with me if I said that to you? I'd be like, no, back off. No! 
I would have like, no, thank you. No, thank you. But if I said my jewelry and your and your clothes do follow the same aesthetic, I think our consumers would love it if we can come up with a way to find a middle ground. I think that's a much more humane way of offering a negotiation. It is also a part of like a communication skill. You gotta like really acquire the the skills and knowledge. How do you like paraphrase the words? How do you, you know, look, he's sugarcoat. You gotta need that. So by presenting your case or your argument in the right light, just watch your words. You stand to gain much more from any negotiation. If you approach any negotiation nervously or aggressively, it gives the other party the upper hand because remember, Zia, say it with me. Confidence, confidence is, is key. key. Repeat after me, Gracie. Confidence, confidence not, not arrogance. arrogance. Like between confidence and arrogance, there's like a really thin line, guys. Yeah. I think that knowing what to say and like what to keep to yourself is also important. Even in like talking daily to anyone, like you don't want to hurt anyone with like your harsh words or like your actual thoughts. And there is a thin line between arrogance and confidence. So you're so you going to make it like a positive confidence. There's a lot of ways that you can actually benefit from negotiation, even in your personal life. If you want to make friends easily, or if you want to gain something from a certain someone, it's important to implement negotiation and not manipulation because people can see through that most of the time. In conclusion, people skills in negotiation are absolutely important. A good sense of humor and open demeanor, as well as being a good listener, go a long way to realize a successful negotiation. It's a give and take. You can't just take and expect them to give without doing the same. That's why as a business skill, negotiation is here to stay. But by not only understanding why it is important in business and prioritizing having good negotiators on your team, then you create the perfect environment for business success. In fact, business negotiation can make you a millionaire. One of my favorite Ooh. examples is the TV show Friends. Do you watch Friends? I really? used to. Oh. I do. Ah, I just started. Wait, oh my gosh. I, okay, out of context, but <laughs> I just started watching Friends. And when you first look at Jennifer Aniston or Lisa Kudrow and the rest of the cast, you might not go, oh, wow, look at them. They're star negotiators. But at the height of the show's popularity a few years ago, all these stars banded together to pull off an unprecedented salary negotiation that made them who they are today. David Schwimmer, who I totally had a crush on the first episode, he originally took a look at his success of going into negotiations alone because he was like, I want a higher raise, I deserve a higher raise. So he realized, I want a higher salary, but I can't possibly do it alone. So he took a risk here. By asking his co-workers to step in and negotiate with him, that was a risk. Because if it worked, his employers would have to pay them a higher salary too, which means less salary for him if he went in alone. Essentially, he took a look at his odds of going to that negotiation alone. And then he decided not to do it alone. He was like, hey guys, come, come negotiate with me. Lisa, Jennifer, anyone, everyone else, they were uniquely close, like really close and really just used to working together under high pressure because the show itself is called Friends. They were all friends. They you know, understood each other really well. These people had different leadership styles that would be useful in a negotiation. If they negotiated individually, studio executives could pit them against each other. They'd be like, well, look at, look at Jennifer. She isn't asking for a raise. She, she's accepting of it. Or maybe if you worked hard like Jennifer, you could get that raise. But no. They went in there together so the studio executives couldn't turn them against one another. 
Instead, Schwimmer correctly understood that a strong team comprised of this entire team of actors would be better for everyone in the long term. Because even though, yes, he might not get as much salary potentially, they all together get the bonus that they wanted. So in fact, they walked away with $1 million each per episode for the final two seasons. Think about that. $1 million each per episode. This aired from 2002 to 2004. Think about that passive income. So you see, effective negotiation can in fact make you rich. And in my opinion, this is one of the most important skills to have because it's also one of the easiest to cultivate. Leadership, communication, you really can't do that without negotiation. Even our politicians are good negotiators. So if you want to survive in a corporate environment, or if you want your business to survive, it's super important to know how to negotiate. But speaking of survival, negotiation aside, how do I make sure my business survives the first or maybe second year of establishing? I would like to kind of tell like a personal story here, if you don't mind. So I have like this three kind of like motto, something that I kind of apply into my work ethic. So it's called the three C's. The first one is commitment. The second one is consistency. And then the third one is continuity. Resources does play a big role in business. Modal, uang mulai, and everything. Those things are also important. But commitment, it's kind of like a bridge. It helps you reach with a longer hand for something. You are willing to go to a certain extent to fulfill your goals, your vision and mission, whatever it is that you have set. So yeah, that's how commitment plays a role in being an entrepreneur. When you're committed, you are willing to, you know, in your power, in your will, to do things in order for you to grow or elevate your business. So yeah, commitment and will, atau niat guys, you know, those things are, it's, it's really important. And it also helps you like develop personally, you know, as an entrepreneur, because you you can't only like have your business growing, you've got to have yourself growing too. You've got to experience self-growth. The second point is consistency. It can kind of be misleading, you know, consistency, because it often is defined as, you know, consistent or like the same thing happening over and over again, being consistent and like, you know, or like persistent. I'm more going forward to the consistency of your work ethic, of your seriousness, the consistency of you constantly striving for better. So in every process, in every transition, you got to have to have a mindset that, okay, I'm going to strive for better. Yeah, basically Kaizen, it's constantly improving oneself. Business key. Tip. Yes. Okay, yeah. I am learning so much from you today, Gracie. Anyways, yeah, so that's that's what I mean by consistency, you know, not not like being like a stuck-up guy. Because I, th- I feel like business is risky because it's revolutionary, especially like in fashion industry. Yeah. You're gonna have to come up with like new ideas, like, or else you'll be invisible. Mm. Like, that's just the whole truth. And I think like the businesses, like fears and like risk are not only in the field of like, oh, you'll lose money. It's also about like, you know, personal thoughts and like, you know, self-esteem. And I think... It can really take up a lot of your mental capacity. Sometimes you can kind of screw your mental health. But again, if you find ways to kind of get back up and like you know your cycle, mm. then you can eventually be productive again or doing your responsibilities again. So don't worry, guys. It's a human thing. On to our last but not least point. It is continuity. Now, before you actually explain what it is, Zia, I think that continuity personally I mean, before I had any prior knowledge of it, is the ability to kind of maintain some level of consistency to it. But I know that it's probably different. Yes. Difference between continuity and consistency. It's kind of self-explanatory. Continuity, in a way, is um, a continuous progress Mm -hmm. of, you know, anything, a project, 
anything that you're doing. So I think if I would want to explain it in a, like a business vocabulary, continuity means like you gotta stick to a working system or a work ethic that you're gonna use and you're gonna you're gonna have to improve over time. It plays a really big part in business because it cannot be like releasing a bunch of product one day and then like rest for like two months. You can't do that. Your audience will will distract of you. Like they they will lose interest because. I've read this article once talking about like it doesn't matter if you like really publish like amazing content as long as you do it daily. Well, I guess it's like quantity over quality. The key takeaway here is that business continuity in an organization's ability to maintain like the important functions, let's say finance, treasury, during and after a disaster has happened, no matter what it is. I think it ties back to consistency, really. So you need to continue having the discipline that you've initially started with, right? Consistency and continuity, although they kind of are in the same field, they both kind of complete each other. Right, so how are these two different then? Because obviously if they complete one another, they can't be the same thing. From commitment to consistency, when you have commitment, you can be consistent. And with being consistent, you can provide continuity. You need to be consistent for you to not procrastinate everything. You gotta have commitment, which yeah, you gotta be committed. Yeah, because, oh my god, so you'll be doing this business, let's say, for at least five years if it's successful. And if you're not committed to it, then you won't be able to maintain the level of consistency to it. And you won't continue to know how to mitigate it in disaster situations. I do think consistency is kind of like the short term wise and continuity is like it's good for the long run. I think that's why these three principles are related to one another and like how it can link and it can, like, you know correlate to one another. So without consistency, you can't have continuity. Consistency is also like an action, but it it's also something that you that you gotta plant inside your mind. It's gotta be a part of your mindset. In order for you to produce continuity, you gotta you need consistency. It takes uh, a lot of your time, sacrifices. Yeah. You know, for you to produce consistency, you need commitment. In a business setting, I think it's safe to say that continuity is especially important because it requires a business to kind of look at itself and analyze potential areas of weakness, you know, so that they can guarantee that if, let's say, there is a downrun, a downtime, the business has to shut down some parts of its production because something goes wrong. Maybe there's a natural disaster, maybe there is a flood. So this business needs to maintain some level of continuity so that their customers can have consistency still. So let's say it's an importer, an import business. If this country is affected by an earthquake, then obviously you know, mm-hmm. people who buy from them in other countries aren't affected by that earthquake. They need to have some sort of contingency plan to make sure that they can still continue. Continuity is, from what I take it, it's a lot like a backup plan. It's like thinking ahead. In conclusion, you need these three principles to work together in any field, honestly, in business, because I think. It also plays a role in like your daily life. You know, just simply you doing like schoolwork and everything. You need these yeah. three principles. So, you know, remember the three C's, guys. Commitment, consistency, and continuity. Absolutely. I want to move on and talk about some misconceptions. But before we do, we actually have a few misconceptions about continuity itself. So, as I mentioned before, you know how businesses need to maintain a backup plan so they know what to do in the case of a disaster? Definitely. Now, one common misconception is our employees will know exactly what to do in an emergency. I think that this is a little bit far-fetched because even the best employees can't be expected to know what to do when disaster strikes. Like, 
if you leave everyone to respond in their own way, it just adds to the confusion of an event. So I think it's important to have your continuity, consistency, and all the three C's planned out so that everyone knows what to do. Yes. So in the case something bad happens, um, everyone does the same thing and it isn't messy. What do you think about that? I think the unity of, you know, the stabs or the crew's mindset is really important, honestly, in any like field of profession, you know, organizations, corporation, companies, business, whatever it is you're running. I think for everyone inside it to be in the same page, for everyone to kind of back up one another is really important. So I think that's like a part of teamwork, don't you think, Rizzy? And and you know how like companies, like they kind of are in the same, all in the same path and they're all aligned towards a certain vision and mission or a goal. And I think that's something that is really important for people to practice inside, you know, anything like a business or like a community. I think it's important, you know, to practice that. So, yeah, I do think it is important for people to be in the same page. So when something happens or something something that is unwanted happens, it wouldn't be messy, I guess, and it wouldn't be like a total disaster. All right. Myth number two. Entrepreneurs take lots of risks. Entrepreneurs do take risks, but I don't think necessarily means that they take lots of risks or put themselves in high risk situations all the time are there risks associated with starting your own business yeah but i don't think they i don't think it's an everyday thing you know yeah i think like risks or like you know potential disaster i think those things are obviously unwanted right like you would want things to go smoothly yeah, but I would say it is always risks are always a part of the process, guys, because those things are inevitable. Mm-hmm. But that like, goes to show that every decision you make is a risk. I think it's more about balancing the risks and rewards, because you won't have much luck getting high returns if you're not willing to take some risks. However, you can't rely on luck to run your business, and not everything you do has to be high risk all the time. Yeah, and I mean, you gotta make make the shoe fit, you know. Like yeah. you gotta do what you think is like in your capacity. Oh, can I handle this? Like for example, I wanna buy a shoe that costs like I don't know, like one million, and then you only have like five hundred thousand. Like that, that doesn't work like that, right? No, it does not. It's important to like know your limits and your capacity. Like, am I like able to like handle like the outcome of this, this, this? And it, and that's why it's sometimes important also to play safe. But there are also times where it's important and essential for you to take risks. You know. Yeah, basically, like, you just gotta, like, balance it out, too, like, like rewards and risks, like, you need to know when to play safe, when to, like, fully just go out and, like, take risks. Don't yeah. you agree, Gracie? Yeah. Okay. Our next myth here is entrepreneurs can only be successful if they have large funding back backing them. And I think this ties a little bit with the previous point that entrepreneurs take lots of risks. I think when you're first starting out a business, you need a lot of money, startup capital, to make the dream work, which a lot of people may not have. But I don't think that it's true that you have to be backed up by large sources of funding to start. Because even though, yes, money is important, I think there's lots of ways you can get this investment, Mm. there's subsidies and stuff. And I think that it's more important to have the three C's, (laughs) consistency, and when you're first starting out. But I think you'd know more about that since yeah how did it go with your business well gracie i do think that money is essential in the process of you know building a business yeah because you know with the model and everything 
you need the money to start a business with, right? Um, but I do think it's also important for you to know your limits. Again, you know, linking back to like knowing your capacity and everything. I feel like in business, um, there are also like classes. Like for example, um, you want to like create a clothing line, but you only have this budget. Mm-hmm. You gotta think effectively. Like, okay, if I only have this amount of money as my budget, then maybe I can start small. But then later on, when I start when I started getting profits and you know I started getting more money and everything. I can actually aim for the target that I wanted in the first place. Yeah. So I think it's also important for you to effectively, right? So it's it's good to aim high, but it's also um, important for you to be like realistic. Aim high, but not too high. So in conclusion to that misconception, yes, you do need startup capital to get your business up and going, but it certainly is not the most important aspect of it because you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have a viable idea and the passion to continue your business and your business will not run. Our next misconception is entrepreneurs need to be well connected in order to make it. What do you think about this? For example, they know a friend who's a supplier who can do things for them cheap. There's this thing going around that says that you can't, you cannot be an entrepreneur unless you're well connected. But I, I've seen quite a few entrepreneurs make it big who aren't well-connected. Like, look at Steve Jobs, thinker, inventor, entrepreneur. He started out really small. I, I think the connections come along the way. No one starts out knowing everyone. I wouldn't say it's like like an essential need for you to start a business or for you to s- succeed in, you know, being an entrepreneur. Yeah. But it is like a plus, you know, if you know everyone already, you're more welcome. Like, you know, you know more about business than like if, even before you start. Like, that's better. But as long as you have like an effective business strategy plan yes and like having a strong grip on yourself is already like enough you know and like yeah. knowing your resources and what you need and everything you know so really just to clarify up this misconception it is good to have connections when you start but that doesn't mean that just because you don't have that connection that you will make it big in the business industry if you're consistent and stick to your business plan then all will go well you'll form those connections it's important also to know when to give up. If the business just isn't working out, then it's time to move on. Now, speaking of moving on, our next misconception is entrepreneurship is an easy way to get rich. Zia, I want to hear this from you first. Was it? Is it an easy way to get rich? Oh, rich. Oh, rich in what? Like money, financial, or like monetarily? Money. Like, oh, if I'm an entrepreneur, I can get rich really easily. Well. First of all, you can't dive in with the thinking of everything will be instant and everything. And like you know, you can't you can't dive in with the mindset like with the mindset like that. You cannot because first of all, um, you know sometimes you gotta accept like loss or like defeat because like you know you cannot always have a mindset that like oh if I business will make me rich. I think you know Gracie in my community at least people think that business is risky and it'll give you the opposite of you know being it'll, rich. It'll kind of like instead of money. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's definitely a myth. Like, it's like, you know, it's like 50-50. It's like a myth and a fact. But it's like, depending on like you, right. are, are you able to, you know, uh, do the three C? But if you're able to do that, then maybe you'll get rich. If you, you enter know? the industry thinking, I'm going to get rich. So, and that's basically like a desperate type thinking mentality without putting in any of the work, then you're obviously not cut out to be an entrepreneur. These are a few of the misconceptions that we've compiled. Misconceptions mm-hmm. are really, really dangerous to any starting or any existing entrepreneur. 
because it gives you a false sense of comfort. I think what you've noticed, for example, with the trend, being an entrepreneur will make you rich or you need to have lots of connections to make it big. It sounds like there is a secret to success, but there isn't. Everyone has their own formulation. Everyone has their own journey. And it's important to understand that all these misconceptions are misleading and there are not. And it's important that we debunk them because if you want to make it big as an entrepreneur, if you want to be successful, then you can't live by these really narrow restrictions. You can research, of course, your own misconceptions, but these were just a few that we found to be the most pressing. And now, just to conclude, we have chosen two questions from yesterday's question box. We're going to be doing this just before every episode, so stay tuned. Our first one, does working hard always result in success? Okay, my personal take is no, working hard does not always result in success because you can push yourself every day. You can have one meal a day, sleep two hours, grind while everyone is sleeping, but it's useless if you don't have a strategy or plan. You need to be consistent and you need to have everything planned out beforehand because if you work hard, then a lot of the time, and I mean, if you work hard and you don't prioritize yourself, then you won't be in the, in the right state of mind to be thinking forward. Mm-hmm. And thinking forward is the most important thing you as an entrepreneur can do because the business world is constantly changing and it's important to be objective. If you are subjective and you don't think hard, then you will honestly never make it big. And as we've mentioned before, it's important to be consistent as well. But if you're not working smart in the sense that you don't have a clear business outline or the future of your business planned ahead of you, then you are not going to go anywhere. And hard work is obviously very important, but if you don't maintain that level mm-hmm. of future thinking, you know, big thinking, if you don't look at the big picture and plan ahead for the future of your business, then really it's not going to get you anywhere. It's important that you remain consistent and creative above all else. What do you think? strategically you know you would have to plan again like you would have to uh, kind of do research and like plan ahead for the future of your business that's really important but i think uh what plays a really big role in like you know getting back and up you know like uh, failing and then getting back up and you know that process i think it's also about like motivation and commitment our mental health sometimes can get in the way of process and you know of our work ethic and everything else but I do think once you have a commitment and a will, it kind of like it's kind of like an alarm for you. Like, oh no, I can't give up. Yeah. I, I am committed to this. I, I wanted to make this. I wanted to make this happen. I wanted to make my business big. Like I can't I can't give up now. It's like a wake up clock for you. Like, wake up, you can do this. Yeah. So yeah. No, I wouldn't say Gracie, like it promises that oh, every time you work hard, you will always earn what you expected. Well, no, but yeah, realistically you would have to, you know, plan ahead and like think smart and like you can't only like do things accordingly without any plan or any, you know, vision. Like where where is this going? Where what path are you taking? You know, you gotta play. You gotta work smart too. Uh, I think it's also like a part of like you know learning lessons and uh, accepting yeah. loss and like defeat. Like those things are completely normal, right, Gracie? Like for example, taking a dance class. You know, mm-hmm. you expected that okay, if I do this for consistently for two weeks, I'm gonna master the skills but like your dance teacher kept on scolding you for not making the right moves and you're like where am i going wrong and everything else so you keep on looking for your weaknesses and everything which is a good thing yeah but do you see how like motivations and will and commitment plays a big role in between your process like that's what kept that's what keeps you going because without that it's not gonna happen it's not gonna run guys 
I agree. In conclusion, working hard is important, but in the long run, it's consistency and a good work ethic that actually leads to success. Because anyone can push themselves to the limit, but not everyone can be smart. So work hard. I mean, work smart, not hard. Pave the way, put your back into it, but also put your head into it. <laughs> Attempt being trendy, fail. All right. And our final question, how do I brainstorm new ideas and how do I cope with buntu brain on new ideas? As in, you know, when you have a creative block, what do you do? I think this question is more fitting for you. Mm. You have to maintain a level of creativity in your business. I think sometimes creativeness can be blocked by a lot of, you know, obstacles such as like maybe sometimes your mind is just not fresh. Personally, I experienced those. I just can't think of a new idea. Like, it's just I can't think of anything yeah new and that's like revolutionary like because personally when i come up with something i kind of want it to be groundbreaking at least for me like oh this is new like this is something i've never done before but it frustrates me sometimes that it doesn't go to an extent that i want the, the level of creativity that i want yeah. but you know guys you can always use like social medias like pinterest like google and like whatever platform that you prefer for you to find inspiration so i do think you know about like you digging you actually wanting to look for inspirations you want to do research no matter how long it takes as long as it'll help you you know gain creativity and you know gain like more aspects and like it helps you thinking out of the box then like why not so i would say in conclusion it's about you know if you like creativity is everywhere guys but sometimes you gotta look for it the alternative is maybe you can actually look for you can you have to chase creativity and it's everywhere so maybe you gotta pay attention more Right. So remember that even if you aren't a creative person by nature, you have absolutely no idea how to start, that the best entrepreneurs, the best business people know how to convert your wants into a need. They make you feel like you need this. You absolutely need their product. So if you're having a creative block, your consistency will get you there. Just there are lots and lots of ways you can emulate creativity. You can research, you can review competitor products. Most importantly, it's it lies in the marketing, really. If creativity is what you're struggling with, then there are then there are lots of ways to do it. Namely, for instance, taking better care of your mental health. Sometimes we have a block because we really aren't taking the best care of ourselves. And that's one way to do it. But overall, it's just really important to note that. In conclusion, it's about the marketing of it. Remember, the best entrepreneurs know how to convert your wants into a need. We hope that you had just as much fun listening to us as we did conversing with you. Remember that we upload twice a month. Hopefully, this will increase in the future. But adios, you guys. Zia, any last words? Thank you. Gracias for watching <laughs> today's episode. And we'll see you in our next one. Bye. Bye.